So when I was younger, uh, I actually wanted to be a presenter. Um, I saw like I was I literally was obsessed with like Fern Cotton and Holly Willoughby. Yeah, them on Celebrity Juice. I don't know if you watched that. I used to love it. No, literally was obsessed. I was obsessed with like Fern Cotton from I think it was like Top of the Pops. It was like from a like a young young age. And before that, I wanted to be a singer. And I think I was like, you know what? This is a bit unrealistic. So I was like, TV presenter, let's go for that. That's a more realistic goal. And I was like, I can chat, I can do this. And then somewhere along the line, I think as I approached my teens, I was like, okay, we're going to have to manage your expectations here, Olivia. So let's uh, crank it down a few notches. So um, now I've I've settled on reporter um, of some sort. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to have to kind of readjust my expectations again. I suppose that's a sensible career change because news is always going to be around and that's kind of like a steady career path. Um, and, you know, after speaking with, you know, a couple of presenters on this podcast, I knew how difficult it was, right, getting into presenting. But once I, like, I thought you got a job and you were in a station and they were keen on you I thought that was you sorted like that's you made it but after speaking to our guests I'm literally like oh my goodness it takes literally like a week and things could fall apart being a presenter has it changed your mind or are you starting to waver in your dreams no not at all no I feel like once I've set my mind on it so hard that I it just can't shift so I'm still at it but be more cautious of a plan b yeah manage your expectations so you like you know if you do get knocked back so you don't just fall straight to the ground and stay there how yeah. about picking yourself up maybe resilience is key resilience is, is that's what we're learning in this series isn't it just, yeah you know, we need to be strong rich <laughs> but when is it time to give up like real talk <laughs> how long can you keep going for it's very easy for people to say like don't give up when they're sat in the seat like the hot seat and like they're like aren't they doing their presenting and stuff? But like, what if what if that never happens? Like, surely, surely we're gonna do some readjustment. <laughs> I am thrilled to introduce our next guest. She um is a well, I've heard that she she's a grafter for sure, um, and she must be because she currently presents BBC Introducing Scotland um, every Friday. It's Phoebe Ih. Hi, I'm Rachel O'Neill, and I'm Olivia Wilson. And this is Media Rookies, a podcast that aims to ask all of the media questions you're dying to know the answers to. And this week we spoke to presenter of BBC Music Introducing in Scotland, BBIH. Thank you for, for joining us on the podcast. I'm very excited to hear about how BBC Music Introducing is going. Um, but let's, I guess, suppose, take us to the very beginning of how it all started for you. So I first started on radio when I was 15 or 16. So I'm from a really, really small town in the Scottish border. It's not even a town, a village. It's like a couple of houses and 5,000 sheep. And so there was, <laughs> there was nothing to do growing up. And, you know, I don't say that lightly because there was definitely like theatres and cinemas and stuff around, but there was nothing that facilitated young people coming into teenagerhood, you know? And so people were just 
you know, as teenagers do in small towns, running a bit riot. And so some of my friends decided to start up a, a radio station. And at first it was just online and then they pushed and tried to get it to be on FM and they started taking in presenters from the local area. And it was always people who were a little bit older. Um, but then they got in touch with me and they always liked my music taste and said, right, why don't you come and be a presenter? So I came and tried it out and I was so nervous. And then the minute that I did it, I was like, oh, this is what my whole life is going to be it's music and talking this is what I'm good at so that was it I just yeah exactly <laughs> so that from that point I just decided right this is what I want to do I'd always I'd always listen to the radio we're not we're not really a tv family in the house that I grew up in it's always radio on in the background and I do mean every minute of the day from like the minute that you get up in the morning the radio was always on until you go to bed in the car like me and my mum fighting over the channels listening to Zane Lowe he was my biggest inspiration so <clears throat> I really wanted to make this my life but I was always really good at writing as well so when it came to time to go to university I chose multimedia journalism because that way I could get all the training that I wanted in radio and TV but also have the fallback of writing if it ever went wrong so yeah, that was how plan. I yeah so that was how I started and then went on to the the student radio station at university that I went to which was Radio Cali and Glasgow Caledonian University as you might have guessed from that name um, uh, and then I did a few FM stations and local online stations around Glasgow for a good few years and then BBC introducing's come along. Oh, brilliant. I love when that the same like penny dropped for me when you realize kind of you love music, you love chatting, and then you're like, oh my God, radio is an option. And it's just yeah. like from there on, you're like, that is my mindset. <laughs> completely, completely. And it just it touched such a nerve with me as well. Cause without getting, I don't know like sob story moment I was quite a, I was <laughs> I was quite a lonely little kid and like radio really really got me through like I always knew that I could go home at night and turn that on and be listening to the best tunes and would just be so happy and all the interaction with all the other people and yeah I, one of my best moments ever in my whole life was when I got stuck in the worst traffic jam ever because a cement lorry had turned over mm. and so we were stuck there for hours and it was in one of England's only sunshiny days so everyone was sweltering in their cars and we were there for hours and people were losing their their minds yeah. but at one point in the day there was just this sudden like loud swelling of noise and it's because everyone had had their radios on and all the people who had turned to radio one for some reason they were playing the circle of life and so everyone that had turned radio one on it had like blasted it out in this traffic jam it's the circle of life oh it was absolutely incredible that is amazing <laughs> yeah so like moments like that it's like right that is what you want to be doing that is exactly such a good story as to like how like, <laughs> dropped for you and like how you like loved radio for me i'm just like sitting in the corner of my room going oh yeah i could i could chat to a you know to a brick wall oh, i could yeah yeah that could be me but you've got this whole like epic tale of we all came together as a community you know there's a big car accident we were trapped <laughs> i definitely got us through definitely make a traffic jam sound more exciting than it really was but oh. yeah is it like that opening like, scene on la la land when everyone gets in their car 100 percent, 100 percent. or at least that's how my memory is serving it to me <laughs> so many people i speak to like obviously we work in radio and obviously this is music to our ears if you pardon the fun, like hearing people like say you know that is like my lifeline like 
we live and breathe it like turn it on you know from the start to the end of the day but like you do hear people like talking about how it does especially in times like this in lockdown like it does bring people comfort it does bring people you know reassurance like it does bring people a friend like a friendly voice that you feel like you're having a chat that's the beauty of radio it's like having a conversation even though you might not physically be able to see someone but you know there's a community out there somewhere so was it kind of like that I don't know that kind of magic of radio and that essence of it that kind of drew you towards it yeah definitely I mean the music was also the the I'm not gonna lie the biggest part of it and yeah much like <laughs> yourself was saying the fact that I can talk for Britain Scotland <laughs> whatever you want to give me so that was probably the biggest thing like I'm not going to get told off in this environment for being such a chatterbox yeah. so that's probably perfect but also just music was always my my biggest love no matter what was going on in my life I was good at other things and I wasn't particularly good at playing music so it's much like the those who can't do teach situation <laughs> I can't do I can't do music myself so I just play everybody else's and that's just as good you're not so. a DJ yeah, I DJ, I DJ, and I sing as well. But it's not the same. That's as, why you like, can do music. What yeah, are you doing? Yeah, but I can. I can, the reason. Wait, the reason that I can sing though is because I was tone deaf, and I mean completely tone deaf as a child. And my mum was so embarrassed by how terrible it was <laughs> that she sent me to singing lessons. So that's the only reason that I can sing. She was like, so "Do this they work?" Is that bad. Her voice is amazing. She's got this. Full R&B diva voice and I would try and sing along in the car and she'd just be like hun sit down like no this like, is it not- is my <laughs> lifelong dream to be able to sing and I'm the worst singer ever I swear I took about two singing lessons but I didn't get any better so I was like this is terrible. <laughs> but actually improve your voice if I kept that up I could be the next You'd be opera singer, right? yeah. <laughs> you would have gone down a different career path <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, try it. Why not? What else are we going to do in lockdown? Yeah, you on the radio. <laughs> Maybe on BBC Introducing. <laughs> yeah, I'll play you on BBC Introducing, Rachel. I'll look that forward is, to hearing your that's track. That's a lockdown meltdown, isn't it? Like, I'm <laughs> taking singer lessons. Want to be a singer? Taking up new hobbies. <laughs> yeah, Phoebe, like, obviously you were like, okay, music, I love uh chatting a lot you're sat my own radio station bish bash bosh but like and then eventually obviously you got to bpc introducing but like what how how did you get there? Like, <laughs> i swear because like bbc introducing scotland especially like they hadn't done it like they did it and then they stopped it and then they did and then they started it up again so like how did yeah. this all come about like what is the story here so basically back in the day we're talking like eight years ago now there was yeah. a presenter from scotland called ali mccray and he was partnered up with a girl called jen he Long. was on last week's he podcast <laughs> <laughs> just name dropping that like <laughs> oh great there you go make sure you go back and listen to that one yeah. <laughs> so ali the absolute legend that he is he used to present bbc introducing when it was actually on radio one and at the time as far as i know i don't think they had all the local shows in all the bbc stations for bbc introducing then it was just this big hub on radio one that ali presented along with jen long and this was at the time that i was on my student radio station at university going every week playing all of the new music that i could find i would spend hours and hours digging for all the new stuff and one day i got this email into my inbox my student uni email um, from a lady at the bbc 
and she said, oh, I've been listening to your show every week and it's amazing. Um, I'd really like to train you up to be the understudy for Ali McRae on Radio 1. And I was like 19 at the time, just sitting there going, what? What? You said what? Um, so I went into the BBC and I still remember it in great shame, like how seriously I took it. I was like in my best clothes, like my best suit and dressed up so nicely. And then I met Leanne, who was the, the nicest lady ever and was Ali's producer, Leanne Harris. And if you ever meet her in the BBC, she is a legend. Um, and she basically was like, yeah, you're great at this. And I think I could make you greater. And so just basically trained me up to be the next thing for Radio 1. So it meant that if Ali was off ill or sick or on holiday or whatever, then someone else, another Scottish voice could step in. And so I got to kind of sit in on the shows for quite a long time, which was great and learn a lot. So much from Ali, who is just the most generous teacher and person. He is so great. Um, And then what happened was they decided to switch things up at Radio 1 and change the presenters. And also, as far as I know, at that point was when they've rolled out the the shows to be in in all the local areas. Um, And so Ali and Jen weren't going to present it anymore, which meant that I wasn't needed as an understudy anymore. And I was just kind of like, "Uh, what now? So I was like kind of poking around at BBC Scotland to see if anything was going to potentially land in my lap around this time they started making the social so I started presenting quite a lot of things with the social um, and then all of the the BBC shows started starting up in England and then there wasn't a BBC introducing in Scotland and lots of people and lots of producers in the BBC up here started to try and push that to happening and it just didn't really go anywhere and I was gutted because I really hoped that I might get in there and also just because Scotland wasn't getting represented and it was so upsetting and so at this time I was really gutted because I didn't want to have to just like slide back away into doing a job that was not gonna you know be something that I wanted although I was still studying at the time and but my producer Leanne said to me oh well maybe you should try DJing so I went away and did DJing as a completely different side path um, and genuinely didn't think, and this sounds really sad, but genuinely didn't think that BBC Introducing in Scotland would ever happen and just kind of gave up on that possibility. And then suddenly last year it was like, ta-da, here it comes. <laughs> so, <laughs> How many years after was that? that so I was, I was 19 when I first got approached by Leanne to be Ali's understudy and I'm 27 now. So that was in what, 2013 that that happened. And now it's 2021. So it I, like I, such a wasted resource training you up and not doing anything with <laughs> your skills and talent. Like, did they not think that? <laughs> I can't say too much. I <laughs> think <laughs> you want to say. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> well though maybe everything happens for a reason maybe the DJing has helped and you know well confident it totally it totally has it totally has because at that point when I was like oh wait nothing's going to come of this I was just I was just floored because I've been working so hard to to do everything that I could to make you know get my foot in the door as you would um and I genuinely was just like all right well this is the end of my like kind of big radio dreams um, and I was more than happy being on online stations and smaller stations but yeah I just didn't think it was ever gonna progress and if it hadn't been for going and starting DJing which would never have come unless 
that had happened, then I wouldn't have had so many mad experiences and met so many different people that 1000% makes me a better radio presenter. And I think that that's something that is so important is that particularly in the days right now of online, people make it seem so linear that you're going to have this dream and that you're just going to keep plowing away at it and you'll just get there. And that is not that is not how it works and I hate to be the bearer of bad news but you can break your own heart so much more by being heartbroken about the fact that you're not getting there immediately but if you accept that and realize that actually your hard work and determination will get you there eventually it just might not be in a straight line that's the crucial bit and all the bits in the roundabout are going to make you so much better when you get to the finishing point because yeah I know I wouldn't have so much patter had I not been away doing all these other things so yeah that's the best advice Honestly, I'm gonna get sound like that little nugget was just so eloquent and beautiful. to my soul. I was like, that's such good, like wise advice. Like I'm available so for pet talks as well. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you're speaking to my soul. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad. But it's true, you know. And I like I kind of wish that someone had told me that when I was starting out because it is really easy to get this image of just like oh yeah just do that and just do that and if you're good enough you'll get there but that is not the crack it's it's yeah. life is not as simple do you think it ever was the crack in like somewhere along the rock along the line it just things change because of like technology and social media and like digital age or do you think like it's always been a bit of like a kind of bish bash bosh, bosh like hope, hope for the best kind of situation i think it totally depends on your privilege that's that's the that's the bottom line of it I think it totally depends on your privilege and I think that even in my own life I've met so many people who are absolutely phenomenal presenters that have had absolutely no training or anything whatsoever they just get on a microphone or on a camera and they rock or the flip side is I've also seen people have loads and loads of money and time and energy poured into them and making them try and boost their skills at doing these kind of things and it's just like well you've not got the character you've not got the charisma and yeah it's difficult because sometimes when it comes to presenting just because you've got a passion for something doesn't make it enough and that's that's really hard but that is something that you can keep adding to and keep working on the more life experiences you have so yeah and between you know 2013 the kind of end of the BBC Radio 1 show and the beginning of BBC Music Introducing in Scotland, that was obviously quite a big gap. Did you do presenting in that gap or was it just strictly DJing? Yeah, so I, I as soon as I left university in 2015, um, by this point I had kind of accepted that maybe BBC Introducing wasn't going to go anywhere and um, I wanted to focus more specifically on the music that I play all the time and so my student radio show changed from being essentially like a small copy of BBC Introducing into being um, based around reggae and dub and dancehall which is the music that I love the most and so because that went quite well um, I then started doing that on an FM station just outside Glasgow called Pulse 98.4 that you might have heard of and um, so I was presenting on that every Sunday night um, which was great and then at the same time started presenting on Subcity Radio and then there was another one which started up very briefly called Levels in Glasgow as well so at one point I was presenting across three stations which was awesome because even though I didn't get paid I was getting to do what I loved all the time um, which yeah. was great and that definitely helped build up my skills and there was 
something really special about those days because so much of that time when I was going to those three radio shows a week and it was dark and it was cold and you're in the studio on your own and I know to repeat this because it shouldn't be about this but you're not getting paid so it's not like you're getting you know anything out of it but the love there were so many times that I'd be like why am I doing this is anybody even listening like is anybody even paying attention to this and then I kept going because I thought no one day that will mean something and if it wasn't for all that practice I don't think I would have you know been able to do this now I certainly wouldn't have been able to just maintain those skills with such a long gap in between as you say so yeah that definitely helped and then I also started presenting some online shows um, based around reggae again with a, um, a production outfit called Mungo's Hi-Fi who are from Glasgow and if you've not checked out their music you definitely should <laughs> but they <coughs> they made a an online radio station with my help um, as just as a Facebook stream but it was so popular that we ended up doing it weekly and the numbers on it were pretty ridiculous because they're quite well paid attention to artists so in terms of DJing that that is kind of how I started DJing as well kind of as a cheat because I was I was the host of their radio show and they played the music so I didn't even do anything and then people were like oh we want to hear the girl play tunes and then I did so radio has actually brought me all of the things that I do which is pretty amazing yeah it's actually unbelievable because a lot of people will have seen you like pop up on BBC Music Introducing in Scotland and just think oh you've just done that overnight but the absolute graft you've put into it is quite incredible. Thank you so much because that is something that really I can't tell you how much that means to me to be honest because people like I've been having conversations really lovely conversations with people but they they say to me oh, you know you've come out of nowhere and I'm like no no I haven't <laughs> no I have not I've been here you might not have seen me but I've been very much been here the whole time so yeah it's it's really important to to recognize that yeah not everyone comes up like this and it's it that also just means don't give up on yourself like just because it's not got there quickly doesn't mean that it won't and that is the thing that's got me through this whole time is you've just got to keep believing that one day you'll get there I mean, was there a point you felt like giving up? Uh, as soon as as soon as I started DJing and I was getting pretty successful with it, I was like, "Well, it doesn't look like the radio is going to come any point soon." Because I was still hoping something would something would come, um, and yeah, I just was like, "Well, that's that's me. I'm just not going to think about it anymore." Because in this time period as well, between 2013 and 2016, I'd done maybe two or three auditions for Radio One, and I'd been in by the skin of my teeth, mm. like down to the last few people, because um, they'd been looking specifically for Scottish voices, and so especially after that and then DJing going well I was like I don't think I can hack the up and down anymore so I'll just go and play music and then yeah this happened so I'm so grateful I'm so 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 grateful gosh I think like, that is the part of like resilience I think people talk about because obviously there's so many different kinds of like resilience and like circumstances particularly in media where you're having to kind of you know deal with with so many ups and downs as you say but I think the most brutal is when you come so close to something you really really want like so so close and I think something is like prolific as, as Radio 1 as you say like that oh I mean that is that must be really really heart-wrenching and I think it's often like the kind of so-called stereotypically kind of dream like on face jobs um 
or on Soundwave's jobs <laughs> that like I feel like are, that are the most sought after it's like yeah on the surface if you get it, it 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 looks like you've just kind of got it but like the amount the graph that has to go through like as Rachel was saying as you've demonstrated is unbelievable but I imagine with that comes such a deep level of like highs and lows and, and I think it's it's also about what by, from what you're saying it's about how much you can hack it like yeah. I don't yeah. know if I could like that is that's exhausting because it's also like mentally exhausting then it's like physically exhausting and oh, I yeah. Don't know. It, yeah I completely agree with you and again not to be Debbie Downer here but like yeah. I had I've had quite an interesting colorful life shall we yeah. say and I don't think without that giving me a lot of resilience in ups and downs and what to expect I don't think I would have the ability to be strong enough to withstand some of it because media can be very cutthroat it can be and you know it's really difficult to just keep your head up and keep going even when it doesn't feel like you're going to reach the end of the tunnel but yeah I'm really grateful for lots of things that have happened because it has made me like right I'm going to do this. Nobody yeah. can stop me. So, yeah. <laughs> so it must feel all the more sweeter, like, eight years later, like, being where you are now. It, it does. Like- it does. And the other thing is, um, particularly when it came to auditioning for bigger stations, um, I've never had a manager. I've never had anybody represent me. I've never had an agent. I've never had any of this. And it's the same with my DJing as well. And I've managed to play in New York, Paris, Milan, all these mad, insane gigs. That's like, And I say that not to be boastful, but with pride, because a lot of people ask me, oh, you know, who's your agent? Who's that? Mm-mm, I've done that. That's me. I manage all the emails and book all the, the whatevers, yeah. you know? And with radio it's the same it's it's quite often difficult to get your foot in the door if you've not got bigger representation Mm -hmm. and just believing that actually you you will get noticed by the right people you don't need to have that backing from the beginning you can actually put that work in yourself that that is really something to hold on to because it can be so easy to fall into the trap of thinking that you need something bigger. Even the other day I was on the phone to, um, I've been trying to, I've actually been trying to get some management to try and get a little bit bigger because I've not done it in a long time and all of them have been very polite, but lots of them have come back and said the same thing. And the same thing was that, uh, they really appreciate my skill set and can see that I'm very talented. But right now, my online presence does not match up with my oh. presenting capabilities. So translated, I'm sure that you will agree that this means your lack of followers online dictates that we will not work with you, even though we are repeatedly telling you we can see that you're good at what you do. Yeah. So, Do you post uh, a lot? Is it maybe like the con? Maybe, maybe it's because you're not posting, perhaps. <laughs> I mean, I I am interesting on social media because I became so ingrained in the DJ stuff that I basically stopped posting anything about me. I, t- I stopped tweeting and I stopped all these things and was just concentrating on that. And then when this show came around, it was like, oh, should probably go back onto all those platforms now. And so I did. But I think it's definitely put me at a bit of a, a loss as it would have if I'd been using all these things as regularly. So I hate how you have to use it because like I was, you know, before I was trying to get into presenting, I didn't like posting on social media. Like I, I was lived a happy life without it. And now everyone's like, you have to post on it. And I'm like, what am I going to post? Like, I, I just hate the feeling of it as well. I, I hate have to do it. it. I yeah, saw this the is tweet it. and it was like, and it summed it up really well. I wish I had the tweet like to my hand right now. But it was essentially saying, like, you know, with, like, lots of documentaries. I mean, not even documentaries, just, like, any kind of media thing. 
and that's like an official report like any kind of documentary any kind of thing you want to make or anything you want to promote it's like you have to have a big following you have to be like a reality person or like a personality of some sort if you want you know it's, it doesn't it feels at least now that it's not enough to have an idea or a story back what you said um about auditioning for bbc radio one now i didn't know you had to audition to be on radio stations like how did you get approached and then what's the audition process like yeah so basically i got i got approached because my producer knew that there was a vacancy and all these kind of things um and so she uh, Leanne helped me make both the demos um, and so yeah it's essentially just make a make a demo as you would for any radio station but I was very lucky because I got to use all the the fancy radio one like jingles and stuff because she had them from producing various things um, so yeah it was just be your best self as it usually would be in a radio demo and keep it sharp and sweet and all of these things but I'm I'm not gonna lie I definitely think I still got those demos and I listen to them regularly as a as a marker of how far I've come because even though they're good listening now I'm like no wouldn't wouldn't have done that you know wouldn't have said that and I think that well that's really important as well always listen always listen back to yourself but when I listen back to those ones in particular I can hear that the pressure was getting to me I could hear even now I can hear in my voice how much I want it and how much that might become into my detriment because I could feel all of this pressure of like this is my only moment in my whole life and I have to do it and it's got to be right and that I wish someone had told me that that wasn't the case so I think that you know if you're thinking of putting demos out and sending them to big stations or or anywhere anything of a similar level don't put all the pressure into thinking that this is your one chance because it's not and I'm testament to that and I'm doing just fine so yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was just demos because you know when you said audition I was picturing like a line of people going in like your turn <laughs> next oh my god no oh my god no that would have been the moment that I was like no I'm out if that if that had been the case I would no no way no no I was like pitching like the red X's and then which <laughs> like or like they have seats and they like turn around and go we'll choose you <laughs> Alan Sugar there you're fired like, oh. oh that's what the voice should actually be shouldn't it it should yeah. be a radio so yeah. <laughs> I think we're on to something here. I think we're on to something <laughs> this here the show we, oh, look, if the Masked Singer can be a hit and that weird ski slope thing where everyone breaks their legs <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i forgot about that that is a bad show <laughs> i don't know the jump or something i don't know oh, yeah. the jump i think the jump. Yeah. <laughs> <Simple>. original <laughs> um, and how important do you think though getting management is obviously you've said like in the beginning of your career you managed to get the work on your own but do you think it's important to have management to take that next step to get bigger things or do you think you can still kind of do it on your own I still think I can do it on my own I like to think that if I had a manager that they would get me something bigger and better but I've also kind of accepted that unless I want to jump through hoops and make my social media profile amazing that I'm probably not going to get that kind of attention until 
I do that and I don't really want to do that I just want to post pictures of my dogs and my camper van to be honest I don't want to be making everything shiny and pretty because it's not real so I'm I'm just going to keep being me and I think that that's worked so far and so if I get a manager or if I don't then I'm sure that that will be okay because at least then I'll know that I have stuck to be me and that's done me all right this far. Totally. So. What? That's, honestly, so inspiring words. Like, <laughs> I'm going to get Phoebe Corpse on my wall. <laughs> <laughs> Phoebe IH. Oh, I think you've just given me a new business idea. Just start making decals for anyone that needs a little pick me up on their wall. I mean, honestly, Fantastic. I'm, I'm Honestly, feel so inspired. Like, oh, like, oh, oh, like. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And then BBC Music Introducing in Scotland, it's been on for a couple of months now, hasn't it? Yeah, How, it started in October. Oh, it's so good. It's just phenomenal to get to dive into all of the music that's there. And also on a, on a really cheeky note, being someone that's used to like really having to dig for music yeah. and, and taking pleasure in it as well just being able to go online and be like oh all of it is there and all I need to do is press play is the best thing ever and yeah. also seeing as well there was always loads of music getting uploaded to the uploader always loads but each week now that the show's on there's more and more as the word's getting out more and people are talking about it with their friends and everything so each week you can see if we've played loads of dance tracks one week then that week on the uploader there'll be loads of dance music and like so on and so forth so it's really really inspiring to see all the different communities start to like shout about it and then the music rolls in it's it's so good and it's just so great to speak to everyone and also as a as a dj then it's still like you know coronavirus is happening so i'm like i've still got a place to go on a friday and play some tunes like yeah and it's it's ridiculous as well because i feel like that so much it's then like got to be my my nightclub and my therefore my catwalk as well so every week the producer comes in and he's like you two look like you're just you know about to go straight out to SWG3 afterwards like fully done up we're like well this is the only place that we're doing it so that That and that and Tesco you know No, that is the way to be. And I think as well, if you if you dress the part, you play the part, you feel the part, you know? So Oh my god. That. that is that is so that is like the most crucial bit of advice ever. You've got to fake it till you make it. Like no one is gonna have the confidence in you unless you do. And even if you don't feel like it, if you outwardly show it, then you will you will start to feel it. And that is such important advice because people think that again, everyone is just like super confident and chatty and able to do it no that also takes work but you can you can absolutely do it you've just got to keep having the faith in yourself yeah like see when I was young I was shy well I wasn't that shy but like I was shy in front of audiences and yeah. I've just grown over the years I can't believe like how my what my confidence is like now compared to what I was when I was I like, feel like I'm, I'm the opposite like I feel like I was just I had no I just had like the confidence of like a lion like honestly it's not <laughs> to say I don't even know See, I don't know. but like honestly I was just the most confident like if I wasn't a kid like obnoxious person like ever like blind confidence is what I'm trying to say but like I oh, know as I get older that kind of like 
imposter syndrome like creeps in and if you're in like this big building with all these talented people you're like oh oh, oh I'm just hi Oh, that's put me in my place. Yeah, for sure. I just but, like but the but the most important part of that is that all of us have that, and yet yeah. we all manage to convince ourselves that we're the only one who thinks like that, and you know yeah. we must be the only shit person, and we yeah. must be terrible, and you know, and it's yeah. like, well, actually, that's it's far from it. We're we're all thinking the same horrible things about ourselves, and none of them are true. So. Yeah. I'm convinced no one knows what's going on. You just have to like believe <laughs> that no one knows what's going right. on and you feel better about yourself. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. I was talking with my boyfriend today about the fact that it'll be what three years, four years until we're 30. Um and by you know, I was thinking like by the time I'm 30, you know, you got yeah. the big house and the da 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 and the white dog and the, the white dog, the white fence. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Phoebe, for joining us on the podcast. It's been lovely chatting with you, honestly. So nice. It's, so nice. It's been so lovely. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a delight to speak to you both. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode. Stay updated on our social media pages. Just search Media Rookies on Twitter and Instagram. This podcast was an original creation by Rachel O'Neill and Olivia Wilson, with special thanks to Olivia Akis, who created the artwork for this podcast.